How's it going, everybody? That's right. If you can hear my voice, it is another magical episode of the Coven Podcast. Uh, Tonight, we're talking about uh, characters on the spectrum and the representation of them or the lack thereof, because that's the one that we're probably going to notice more throughout our study of this. Now, uh, what I refer to on the spectrum, I'm talking about autism spectrum disorder or uh, ASD. Um, But we're also including um, Asperger's with that, which is not usually included in that kind of diagnosis. But because we're all we're all here in the cauldron tonight and usually um, representation of characters on the spectrum is pretty ambiguous. Sometimes it's not even outright said, but uh, we will share our findings of whether or not that's outright said tonight with you. So joining me tonight, I'm your host, uh, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Blythings. Joining me today is your sorceress of the sound waves, Sarah James. Our resident Degrassi expert, Courtney Tuckman. And the newest witch to the coven, Ashley. We'll get you a title. Well, you'll get a nickname okay. eventually. Yeah. Okay. You'll yeah. get one okay. eventually. Yeah, that's it. Has, it comes to you all it of a sudden. Naturally, will, okay. unless you're like you. forced into Sounds it, great. and then it becomes like just like Witch of the West, like Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton just went for it. I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. So uh, obviously, when you bring up any kind of representation of a marginalized people, you're going to run into stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So uh, when talking about people who are on the spectrum or people with Asperger's, what's the stereotype that comes to mind, like what you see in film and television? Um, usually I think of, of quiet, sometimes uh, loud um, when provoked, mm-hmm. like in certain situations. Um, my cousin is actually on the spectrum, and so uh, he's very you know, awkward around people. Um, doesn't necessarily pick up on on social cues, which is also more Asperger's, but uh, again, all kind of in the same vein. But they can get into fits if it's like sensory overload, right. or or can sometimes come across as coarse or rude because they don't know how to pick up on those things. That's the one I run into the most. It's like you can't be like a super savant, really smart at something, and also be socially inept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think unfortunately not the best positive representation sometimes i think the characters who are on the spectrum are like oh that's the weird kid or mm-hmm. oh that's the kid we don't want to talk to or that's the crazy kid like generally nothing that or like played up for comedic mm-hmm. value yeah. that's like the that's like the big one like especially with the shows that won't say that their characters have autism or something um they're like, no, 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 they're they're not autistic. They're just silly. Yeah. 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 I they're feel odd. That. They're like a novelty. That's what, yeah, what I would go with, novelty. Mm-hmm. It's like thrown in there for effect oftentimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not the best, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start off with some good news. Mm-hmm. Um, starting in children's television, where the Ooh. most good news often happens. Yes. Unless we're talking about the funding cut for PBS. Let's Don't not discuss. Let's not PBS discuss that. Keep PBS on television. Please. But uh, coming soon to your favorite street, Sesame Street, uh, they are premiering a new Muppet, which is the 
first time that this has happened in over a decade, so mm-hmm. very significant. I didn't realize that they're so strict on like keeping their characters yeah. intact. They got a brand to they have uphold. A brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the newest Muppet, her name is Julia. Um, she's very shy. She's four years old. She has red hair and green eyes. She likes to paint and pick flowers. Um, and when she speaks, she often echoes what she just heard her friends say. Um, and she has times where she gets really excited and she flaps her arms. And that's just Julia being Julia is what Emily or Elmo tells us. And because Julia has autism and I just find this so important to start, like, young with representation Mm -hmm. because that's what you learn from. Yeah. Especially Sesame Street, which we literally learn from, like, our ABCs. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, like, I just thought this was really important because of how all the characters uh, are made to just... This isn't weird. We're not pointing this out explicitly, but sometimes Julia does weird things. That's just Julia being Julia. Um, and I think that just helps, like, parents are better able to explain that to their children then. Yeah. Like, if they know someone, uh, like, maybe in their preschool class who has autism. Because I never knew this, but the statistic is kind of like, wow, for how big it is, mm-hmm. there's not very much representation. So one in 68 American children have autism. Wow. It's a lot more common than what people think. Yeah. A lot more common. Yeah. 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 It's pretty significant. Um, so I think it is significant then that there's this outlet for parents to be able to be like, oh, you know, your classmate, Ryan, he's just like Julia mm-hmm. on Sesame Street. And it's like, OK, I get that. Yeah. Because kids, yeah. kids get things faster than I think people give them credit for. Absolutely. Kids are very perceptive. And when you're at such a young and impressionable age, kids can also be really mean. Yes. Kids can be really mean. Um Again, going back to my cousin, like, it's, we graduated together, so we were in school together throughout the entire time, and it's, like, I, I was always really protective of him Mm -hmm. in elementary school, because kids were mean, and they didn't understand him, um, and I feel like having something like this for such a young audience to be, like, hey, this is someone who, who has autism, and how they interact with, with Elmo and all the other Muppets, like, how they can get along I think it's just an excellent example for kids. Right. So it's not like what we said earlier, the stereotype is like, oh, you don't want to hang out with that kid. Mm-hmm. He's weird. Yeah. And it's like, we can all be friends. Mm-hmm. Kids, mm-hmm. children, let's all unite. Mm-hmm. Yes. But this serves kind of the dual purpose also of um, like, what if your kid is autistic and they don't see any kind of representation yeah, of themselves on television? Or positive representation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So... That's just like, I'm just like Julia. There was this quote from the NPR article that like made me tear up a little bit, but it was like uh, from the producers of the show. They said that one of the favorite stories uh, that they've heard since uh, announcing Julia is that uh, a mother who said that she used the book that Julia first premiered in Mm -hmm. uh, to explain to her child that she had autism like Julia. Um, and this became the tool for her to have a conversation with her five-year-old daughter because that's a very complicated mm-hmm. thing to talk about with a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. So you need something to kind of break it down. Yeah. And yeah. she said, uh, the daughter said at the end of like the explanation, she said, so I'm amazing too, right? That's Aww. just like oh, Julia. beautiful thing <laughs> I've ever so heard. Sweet. The tears are real. We need more park. stories like this in the world. Absolutely. That's, I think that's the biggest thing is that I want 
more representation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. And they did it, they went about it the right way in Mm -hmm. that they were really well researched. Like, really well researched. Yeah. Actually, the actress who's playing the Muppet, uh, her child has autism, so, like, she has that connection, so she, like, understands, like, while playing Julia, like, what they go through. That's really great. That's, I think that's so important to have those connections there so that it's not, like, well, this is what I think, and it's, like, it's so easy to fall into a stereotype and just be like, this is what we think of people on the spectrum thus far, so this is how we're going to portray them, but to have someone who has, like, a one-on-one relationship with someone with autism portraying this character, that's pretty sick. Like, that's awesome. (laughs) I really love it. I'm really happy. So everyone else uh, can see Julia. She's making her debut April 10th. Um, She's already been featured in, like, the Sesame Street books, though, Mm -hmm. like the picture books, which is why that conversation was able to happen. And I think that's so important. Go Sesame Street. I mean... Three cheers for Sesame Street, man. Yeah, really. Yeah. Go Sesame Street. We need to protect Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Like no We do. <laughs> if Sesame Street dies, I will riot. Yeah. Uh, the coven does not support riots, but if you are needing cheap pitchforks, uh, <laughs> I would definitely suggest the Home Depot. Uh, <laughs> or your nearest Halloween store. There, there, you, go. Go. there you go. <laughs> but uh, So I think the most times that I've seen television try to approach... Uh, autism from a learning standpoint is through children's television Mm -hmm. because that's that's where you learn things from in the first place Um, I remember I was not supposed to be watching Arthur by the time I watched this episode I was like 15 coming home from school like I want to watch Arthur even though I think Arthur took a dip in quality after a little while. I remember it vaguely from my childhood but not a whole lot. Same. It was like something that I definitely watched and I remember an episode where it's like Arthur dealt with not wanting to have glasses, and I felt that since because yes. I've worn I've worn glasses since I was five years old, and I was like, I feel you, man. I know, I know that struggle. And that's the only thing I remember from watching yeah. Arthur. That's it. Typically, Arthur does portray the struggle pretty well. Uh, there was an episode um, that was interesting. It was George the Moose, I think his name is. I just, his name is George, and he's, like, 12. Poor yeah. kid. But, uh, and he meets a new friend named Carl. And Carl has, like, an encyclopedic knowledge of trains and is, like, really into trains, and that's all he talks about is trains. Hmm. And um, he's like, okay, that's cool. We'll talk about trains. That's fine. And it's the whole episode of him getting to know Carl better, and then one day uh, Carl's mom tells George that Carl has uh, Asperger's. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm not sure what that means exactly. And the way they kind of explained it was like, you know, everyone's brains work a little differently. And this is how uh, Carl's brain works. And then they had this whole montage where, like, George was like, oh, you know, like, everyone's brain is like a different planet. And he, like, traveled to Carl's planet. And he's like, this is so weird and different. But it was like, well, if you stick around long enough, then you understand how things work, just like you would if you stuck around in a new place. Mm. Things are different, but it's still all working together. Mm. So I just really appreciate it. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. 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 It was was neat, especially because I totally saw that um, throughout my childhood. Usually, um, like, the kids I knew who had Asperger's were, like, it was always... uh, displayed through like being really into one thing and mm-hmm. having such knowledge on that thing 
but not really being able to let go of that thing, yeah. which is fine. And that was kind of in the episode, too. It was like, okay, let's talk about something else now. <laughs> and it was like, you kind of have to, like, lead Carl away from that a little more, uh, like insistently than mm-hmm. usual but he'll still like hang out and talk about the things that you want to talk about too is i love children's television mm-hmm. like as much as some people are like eh, it's not as good anymore but that's nostalgia goggles that's the yeah, same. yeah. <laughs> no that's a hundred percent nostalgia goggles anybody who tells you that children's tv and cartoons are not nearly as good as when they they're lying like, our, our cartoons growing up weren't bad, but I feel like... Some of them were great. Like, we had Last Airbender and stuff. Like Yeah, yeah. which had awesome representation yeah. across, like, a whole variety of things. But, like, I feel like television in general now is trying to become more representative. So, yeah. especially yeah. children's television, where it's like... There were some nonsense cartoons that we had growing up that were literally, like, nothing. It made no like, sense. Like, I no. watched a cartoon about the Grim Reaper growing up. Like, <laughs> oh that's that that's something I watched, and I think it mentally scarred me. That and Cur- <laughs> Courage the Cowardly Dog mentally oh, yeah. scarred me. Yeah. Definitely, oh, as yeah. a four-year-old or whatever. Like That was yeah. not a children's show. No. It was not, and yet we watched it. And then we I watched it and had nightmares, and I continued to watch it. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I, gosh, courage is just one of those things where it's like, why was this allowed yeah. on right. television at the time? But um, so then I guess what I'd want to ask you guys is like in children's television, do you think that it's important to push like things like representation or do you think that it's like some people argue that you're uh, sacrificing quality for the sake of pushing a message? Representation, I think, boosts quality because Mm -hmm. it's much more impressive when it's like, oh, look at you. You went out on a limb to try something that nobody else does and you're saying something important and Mm -hmm. that that important thing you're saying is not something that everybody has the guts to do. And um, I think that that's I think it makes it even better. I think the the notion that more representation equals a lack of quality is perpetuating the idea that people who have been whose stories haven't been told aren't as important that like those stories aren't as good as other stories that have been told a million times that it's like the people of those who have been marginalized like or the story of people who have been marginalized like that that doesn't matter those stories aren't as good if you add those in it'll Mm -hmm. lower the quality like that notion makes no sense to me mm-hmm. because everyone's story is important. Everyone has should have the opportunity to see themselves in a character and especially in children's television because like there were so many shows that helped build who I am right now right, yeah. growing up. Like so many shows and it's I wish that that's why I love Avatar the Last Airbender because yeah. you had awesome female role models in yes. that show. Yes. Amazing female role models and it's like they they had excellent representation across the board and it's like if you had more shows like that growing up for people who you know are a minority or lgbtq or on the spectrum like it's it's a great idea i don't understand why people were like oh that's if you're pushing a message it doesn't have to be a message just write a good character who has these qualities because those people exist mm. yes I think that's the biggest thing. It's like people exist. Yeah. People yeah. who aren't just <laughs> remember like that? exist. It's yeah. Like, representation, like personally, is a very important thing. I remember growing up, like for me personally, like being biracial, mm-hmm. there was like no one on TV. Yeah, no. yep. So like I think every kid deserves to have something like, Oh, I relate to that person. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. 
like yeah. and seeing how other people like are treated because like personally like i was made fun of because i was biracial mm. so like that sucks screw them yeah. seeing like <laughs> i feel like now kids are becoming more open-minded because i see these kids that are all different and they get it besides you know the same characters we see played over and over yeah. and over mm-hmm. again yeah we're always going to have the white dude as a main character <laughs> yeah one way or another he will not disappear <laughs> all you white males out there afraid that your hero will disappear it will not disappear i promise you i'm just asking just to cu- maybe like, add a couple share extra some people of the airspace yeah, yeah. just add, add some more in maybe there. we Come can on. let the hollywood execs know that the 18 to 24 year old demographic does care about (laughs) not just white guys and that play sports or or brooding yes oh my gosh with their scruff jeez yeah that's i think what we should get out of children's television as a whole is that sharing is caring Mm -hmm. so share some of those roles with people who uh have been underrepresented and give them some time some Mm -hmm. screen time very important um so Typically, the world of video games doesn't have the best track record when it comes to representation mm-hmm. um, of anyone that's not, mm-hmm. like, brown-haired, white, scruffy dude with gun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, that just sounds <laughs> about right. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, but I think things have been got, getting a lot better, especially in terms of, like, Overwatch is one of the most diverse games yeah. mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Ever, I think I'm able to say absolutely. Like Tracer's gay confirmed. Um, there's so many people of color within the game. Mm-hmm. There's uh, like people with disabilities. There's like everyone has is like has lost an arm or a leg mm-hmm. at some point, um, and I just really appreciate that. But they keep going further, and I keep getting surprised by like how good. Uh, I think his name is Michael Kaplan does when like creating these characters because mm-hmm. he's the one that's always been like oh by the way tracer's gay mm-hmm. or like oh by the way like representation matters mm-hmm. um and he has officially confirmed that symmetra which is interesting because she's like very about like math and geometry and symmetry symmetry, symmetry. wow wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow guys but uh, it's like they did it on purpose oh my gosh <laughs> Uh, someone wrote a letter to him and it was like, hey, so I noticed some things about Symmetra and my question for you then is, is Symmetra autistic? Because she seems to be maybe on the spectrum. And he replied uh, that it's very astute of you to notice that she mentioned the spectrum in our comic. Um, Symmetra is autistic. She's one of our most beloved heroes and we think she does a great job of representing just how awesome someone with autism can be. Um, the comic I mentioned was called uh, The Better World, um, and there was a moment where she was, like, monologuing, and she said, like, um, people asking where I fit on the spectrum, uh, it used to bother me because I knew it was true. It doesn't bother me anymore because I can do things nobody else can do. And it's that's like, that's awesome. just the definition of, like, owning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really think that's neat. And, like... It's hard to think of, especially in video games, like yeah. anyone yeah. else. I really can't think of anybody. Yeah, no. I'm drawing a blank. No. But now I'll just put Symmetra in there <laughs> and be like, yes, beautiful. She's a really cool character, too. I know a lo- there's a lot of, like, memes about that she's, like, a bad character, but whatever. <laughs> whatever, guys. <laughs> whatever. 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 They're salty. But uh, <laughs> more recent developments. So film is the thing... 
I haven't been as much of a movie buff as I should as of late. Uh, In February, I saw, like, almost every movie that came out, and then I haven't seen, like, any movie (laughs) in March. I saw Beauty and the Beast. There we go. Haven't seen any other movie recently. But in February, I saw, like, seven movies. (laughs) Did you see Power Rangers? I did not. Okay. I I, did. I couldn't. So. You did? Yes. Ashley, tell us about the representation in Power Rangers. So... Um, the Blue Ranger, which is was pretty cool. Um, he is a boy of color, man of color. I guess he's a teenager, so whatever. He's a teenager Can- of color. Teenager <laughs> of color. Um, he is meeting with Jason, the Red Ranger, and he's like, he had some tics. Um, he had been bullied earlier in the movie, and mm-hmm. Jason stood up for him, which is interesting to see, like that representation. Oh, the kid with autism gets picked on yeah Mm -hmm. um and he tells jason he's like i'm on the spectrum um and like jason makes a joke and is like oh is that a band and (laughs) he's like he's like i'm kidding i know what you mean so he kind of like makes him feel better but like he ends up being the person who brings the team together like he is their central point like they all love him and like He's the one that keeps them all together because they're, like, all very different. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was cool seeing, like, sen- he was a central character. I mean, he figured out they were looking for this crystal. He's the one that figured out where it was. That's he awesome. was the smart one that was focused. He was really into um, – his father had passed away, so he was really into mining because he used to do that with his father who worked at the mines. So, like, he had that connection and was really amazing. It's pretty good representation, oh, I feel that's like. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, especially Uh, when you don't uh, hear it very often now. Yeah, that's especially the thing, because, like, Billy's the Blue Ranger. Like, everyone loves the Blue Ranger. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, like, on the playground, people were like, okay, I claim this Ranger, and it was always the Blue Ranger that was, like, so debated, like, who gets to be the Blue Ranger? Yeah. I had to be the Yellow Ranger, because... Girl. Girl. Yeah, (laughs) girl. You only ever get yellow or pink. Yeah. Yeah. Until later seasons of Power Rangers, and they yeah, start throwing seasons. up. They get better. Up yeah, but at the beginning, you only yeah. ever yeah. get yellow or pink. <laughs> yeah. And pink wasn't really my thing, so I no. went with yellow. Yeah. The new iteration of Power Rangers, though, I'm pretty proud of because That's cool. they're pretty diverse in their um, representation. Yes. I know they kind of just like did the very bare minimum, like not even the bare minimum, of like saying that the Yellow Ranger, Ranger right? is gay. Yeah. Yes. Because it was like. So you have a boyfriend problem. She's like, no. And it's like, girlfriend problems. She doesn't say, say anything. anything. It's like, oh, you confirmed. Could, <laughs> like, you could have just said yes. And but then that would have been so much more. It's kind of nice that, like, no one makes a big deal out of it, though. Like, it was something yeah. in passing. It was like, oh, okay. Like, no one's like, oh, you're, like, gay or you're lesbian. Yeah. And no one said anything. They're like, oh, okay. And they just kept on with the conversation. Like, they didn't, like, know a big deal. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things mm-hmm. about representation. It's like, you, this character is not in this to be the gay character, yeah. or to be It's the not, as long as character. it's not the central part of who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it's a part of them, but it's not their entire existence as a character. Yeah. The, like, everything's in capital letters instead yeah. of just being like, that's just one part of you. Yep. Yeah. Um, but 
the so like the first film that people might be familiar with in like first being introduced to like a savant character or a character that has autism is Rain Man because mm-hmm. that's I never understood like the reference when people were like oh he's pulling a Rain Man or whatever when they yeah. were talking about people doing something like really like smart yeah. or like uncannily smart um so if you're unfamiliar with the movie it's about uh this guy who's like kind of like a swindler he's like doing some uh not so over the table deals and he finds out that his very wealthy father has passed away but instead of getting the inheritance his other brother who he didn't know about i guess uh Mm -hmm. is getting all his money but it's like uh i didn't know i had another brother where is he turns out he's in a mental institution because he has autism which this is like late 80s early 90s so I think 80s. I'll Google it. Yeah. So it's already 1988. Yeah. Yeah. 80s. Already not in the best place. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then he's like, oh, wait, you're like really smart and good at things. We're going to count cards yeah. to make money. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for that. Such a caring brother. Uh, he just wanted the inheritance. Mm-hmm. But. Not the best representation, Mm -hmm. but usually it was, like, the first real time on, like, the big screen that it's like, hey, this is what autism is. But that's not necessarily the best definition of that. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, uh, but I would argue, then, if we ignore film, let's look at television. Television does a much better job. So, Courtney, I announced you as our resident Degrassi expert. Please flaunt why you are our Degrassi expert. <laughs> well, I just particularly love these Coven episodes where we talk about representation because every time when Daly comes out with the outline, I'm like, you know, you missed a Degrassi character on there. <laughs> Cause, but that's the thing. Like, Degrassi is very representational. Like, it's like it it's always massive. has been. Yeah. Um, so they actually, the only thing is they've only had one character with Asperger's uh, throughout the whole series. I'm not sure about the 80s version but um who knows about the 80s version it's 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 kind of cringe for me i know (laughs) a lot of people like it but it's cringe for me it's very dated it's very cringe but um okay so his name is connor he was on from season eight through 14 uh he started out as a freshman uh uh he was uh black too so that he so there was like um not just like yeah um and so when he when he's introduced he's like He's in the gifted uh, class with several other kids, and he um, he uh, has some weird tendencies. He wears the same outfit every day, um, but he makes friends with the with the other main characters uh, who are in the gifted class. But then one time, uh, when a uh, girl is uh, Allie, when she's tapping her pencil, um, he asks her to or oh no 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 other other way around. He's tapping his pencil. She asks him to stop. And he stops for a second, and then he starts tapping his pencil again. And then she's like, "I told you to stop." And she gets up and she takes his pencil away. And then, and then he like just pushes her down and like runs out of class. And then, um, the insensitive principal's like, "Oh, we don't tolerate violence here, so he has to be suspended." But it's like, 
but uh, he had one of his closer friends, Claire, be like, but you know what he's like, right? Like, you shouldn't have done, you shouldn't have provoked him. And so then there was this whole debate between her and the principal. Like, you're a bad principal for suspending the slightly strange kid. And he's like, oh, well, you guys are just a bunch of weirdos. And there was their, <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. Weirdos. Thanks, Principal <laughs> Shepard. Um, <laughs> but um, then they they continue to uh, uh, get Connor tested. And um, he, he does find out that he has Asperger's. And when his friends ask him, like, are you scared like what's it like and he's like I'm relieved because now I know that there's nothing wrong with me and that Mm -hmm. there are other people just like me and that I'm normal I just have something I just have something that is a little different about me and so after that uh so that's just season eight right there so after that Connor he he uh started like seeing a counselor about it and uh, he started wearing different clothes he got hot Oh, he pulled a Neville Longbottom. He pulled a Neville Longbottom. And um, he got a girlfriend. And, like, he he became, like, the girl she kind of had been previously known to, like, sort of get around. So he was like, well, what's wrong with me? Why don't you want to date me? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm I'm cute, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, and I have above average intelligence, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, so there's no reason to not want to date me, right? And she's like. Yeah. So, uh, and, like, and they stay together for the rest of the show. Their first date, he takes her to outer space. Like, he, like, sets up this, like, virtual space thing, and he, they he dresses her up in this, like, astronaut costume. And, That's like, actually kind of precious. And, yeah, and they, they became a quite uh, uh, famous ship. They were Johnner, Connor and Jenna. Um <laughs> But yeah, so he really thrived, and then he became valedictorian when he graduated, and cool. he went to he was going to Caltech for science or something. He was always the smartest. I mean, like you could even see like when everyone was struggling in their finals, he'd be like asleep in the back because he'd finished already. <laughs> and so yeah, so he he did have some other moments that was like hard for him. Like um, he played a prank on Claire once, who kind of ends up sort of turning on him, and she's like your Asperger's makes you do stupid things. And he's like, what? <laughs> but then she like apologizes for it. And then he gets on the football team too. And, um, yeah. um, he, but he has trouble relating to, uh, some of the characters cause they're like talking about girls and talking about being players. And so like everybody's laughing and the la- at a joke and the laughter dies down. And then he, he's like, Oh, this is a social situation where I need to laugh. So he starts laughing. And then w- the bully's like, Why'd you laugh? And he's like, because my counselor said that I should laugh when everybody else laughs. And he's like, if you don't think it's funny, then don't laugh. Hmm. But then he plays a prank on the bully where he's like, sets up a fake date and the bully misses the game. And then he like gets kicked off the team. And Whoa. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he's pretty, he's pretty conniving and he's, he's definitely a fully fleshed out character who was really likable. And he, he did kind of start to fade into the background as the seasons went on, mm. probably because his actor was like becoming a model. <laughs> nice. That says something right there too. Oh God. You guys, it's just, you don't even know. He is beautiful now. That'll just be your thumbnail for this episode. Just from the (laughs) Um, But yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I'll Google it. I know that um, AJ Sodden is his name. S-A-U-D-I-N. It's the actor's name. Um, Oh, dang. That's a good, that's a good shot of him. (laughs) Yes. Images. Oh, there's him okay. when he was a baby. 
There, there was him when he was graduating. Yeah. He's yeah. very pretty. Yeah. <laughs> He's a very pretty individual. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I know I've, I've like, r- kind of rambled on, but I like him as a character. Yeah, I yeah. think that's so important that yeah. he had a relationship. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the stereotypes that you often see. It's like, that oh, they're never They're not capable. Mm-hmm. Not yeah, and, you know, there was a plot line where they started, they never really addressed it again, where... Um, cause you know, this girl, she did kind of get around and it sort sort of came out that like, he was not looking to have sex with her like ever. Um, some people were like, well, aren't, can, can't the writers just come out and say that he's asexual? But, um, so they never actually specified, uh, on those terms, but, um, it was something that they, it wasn't like a make or break thing. Like she was like, it's okay. Like we'll get through this and there are other ways to make love and, like we'll still be strong. Like they they were end game. They stayed together yes. from thir- <laughs> season thirteen through fourteen. Endgame. That's like that's eighty awesome. episodes. Yeah. That's a lot. That's yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the like stereotypes that always bothers me of like um, people on the spectrum can't relate to other people just because of that like lack of like understanding of social cues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but that doesn't mean that they're like sociopaths. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Yeah, especially there's uh, there's a um, some kind of study done that suggests that people with Asperger's actually have more empathy than your average person. So that's why hmm. it's kind of overwhelming sometimes. Like if someone else is upset, it's like, well, that's upsetting me also. But it's like really upsetting me. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just like so important to make that distinction from like there's a difference between like, oh, I didn't understand why that was funny or like, oh, I didn't understand like that that was inappropriate of mm-hmm. me to say something like mm-hmm. that versus like I am maliciously trying to be like obtuse and like ruin something or something yeah. because yeah. it's like those are very different things. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. But uh, Sarah, you, you have your yeah, own character I had, in mind. Um, it's kind of interesting that you mentioned Caltech because uh, the fictional – campus in one of the TV shows that one of my favorite TV shows of all time numbers um, which is no longer on the air it's a great show had six seasons it was awesome uh, they filmed on Caltech's campus and had the fictional uh, University of Cal Sci which Ooh. is where <laughs> one of the main characters Charlie where he taught um, there's an episode in season five season five episode five called scan man which actually is a reference to rain man um, uh-huh. where <laughs> Uh, a federal agent dies and their main suspect, who doesn't end up being uh, the killer, but their suspect for the longest time is um, someone who's on the spectrum and he has um, a lot of tics. He likes things that go in circles that help calm him down. He has like a small screen that he watches like a racetrack of just cars going around in circles Mm -hmm. and that helps calm him down. Um, They visit like his apartment and it's like stacked with like books and papers like up to the ceiling and it's like certain things are like he the when he eats things it's like has to be very specific of like this amount of crackers with like this amount like it's very specific um they do a whole test of like uh the one of the main characters charlie he dumps like a box of paper clips out and asks him like how many paper clips are there and like within seconds he's able to know um is really really smart really good at mathematics um and it's I think it's a, there's a well-fleshed-out character for a single episode. Um, it's the only episode this character shows up. Um, but it makes Charlie kind of question himself as being very much a savant. Uh, he has He's a mathematical prodigy uh, throughout the entire show and has been 
even like before the show started, like his entire life, uh, questioned like how he doesn't necessarily pick up on how he's kind of socially inept in certain situations and yeah. how he's gifted and it's like what that means about him. Um, it doesn't really go on any further than that, but it it was a really I think it was a really well done episode. Especially because, uh, in my opinion, seasons three and four are the best seasons, and then after that it kind of fizzles out. So to have this episode in the fifth season I thought was really awesome. Um, And one of the characters, one of the federal agents, uh, David, the way that he interacts with – I can't remember the character's name, and it doesn't show up on on Wikipedia. So I can't remember the character's name that has autism. But uh, the way that the character of David interacts with him is like – really compassionate and able to help him and it's like mm-hmm. char like david and charlie are able to work with him in order to get the information they need in order to find the killer and it's just it's really well done um for that episode yeah yay yeah i think that's like an important thing to like representation outside of like maybe outside of like super positive representation because mm-hmm. it's like then it's going to be like that kind of model minority thing yeah where it's like it's okay to have stereotypes of like Asian people because like it's all very nice to them it's like it's saying that you're very smart Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with like any like stereotype of someone and it's like there just shouldn't be that stereotype at all Mm -hmm. people are people it's very wide on the spectrum Uh, (laughs) like how a person might be yeah but um I also like when I was younger I had an obsession with cop shows Oh, like, pers- I love yeah. procedurals. Yes. I love them so much. <laughs> yes, and one of my favorites was uh, Criminal Minds, <gasps> and yeah. one of the main yeah. characters, uh, who was my favorite, is uh, Dr. Reed, Spencer Reed, mm-hmm. um, who works on uh, the BAU, the Behavioral Analysis Unit of the FBI, where they, like, track down serial killers and, like, analyze them, and it's like, why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. Like, how are we going to analyze, why, like, how they're doing this to find out why they're doing this, to find out where they are so we can stop them from doing this? And Reed is really neat because he's the youngest person to ever, I'm not, I don't remember if it was like be in the FBI or just be in that particular unit, Mm -hmm. but he's pretty exceptional. He's like 23 when he first starts out. So me speaking as a 21 year old, that's crazy. Insane. (laughs) Super crazy. And he has like two PhDs by this time as well. Oh my gosh. He's super smart. Um, And And he has an eidetic memory. So he just like speed reads like... I think it was like 25,000 words per minute. What? Yeah. Yeah. And he remembers it all instantly because he's read it. He will, like, remember it. It's just insane. Really crazy. Um, He's one of these characters that uh, hasn't been, like, actually outright said as um, whether or not he's on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. But he is an awkward kid. He does not pick up on social cues, and uh, sometimes he needs to be kind of, like, comforted and brought down um, Mm -hmm. by someone who kind of serves as his anchor, which is, like, a really nice relationship to see. Um, He's very set in his ways, too. Like, he refuses to use technology. Like, he's all about, like, the paper and, like, I don't want a tablet. Like, everyone else on the team got a tablet. Everyone on the team received a tablet except him and Garcia, who's another character on the show, just handed him a stack of papers and was like, here, I know you'd prefer this. Because, like, as a speed reader, he prefers flipping mm-hmm. pages. But, like, he also has an IQ of 187, so, like, he's very pretty bright. Pretty significant. Yeah. He's pretty bright. That's, uh, pretty that's impressive. <laughs> he's pretty smart. But um, 
I like even though like they've like the creators of the show have said like he's got hints of Asperger's, but that's not saying that it's like he does. Yeah. yeah. Like please just say it. Yeah. 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 Um, There's no problem in saying that. Like, yeah. It's just cool because he's a really strong character in himself. Well, then there's that one episode where he connected to the little boy who had autism, mm-hmm. whose parents had been taken, and like he was the only one that was able to get on that on that child's level to understand, like, because he was the one that witnessed his parents get kidnapped, but he was so in depth with his schedule that he wouldn't really talk to anyone. Yeah. But like Reed was the one that got him to finally using what the boy knew to use the schedule that he, the boy was so accustomed to to figure out what had happened. So, like, you also see, like, Reed have that connection to someone who has it. And talking earlier, you talked about Connor having a relationship. Mm-hmm. He, Spencer's had a crush on one of his people that he works with. He had a girlfriend for a while mm-hmm. until the producers decided to be mean. But we're not going <laughs> to talk about that. But, like, he's had an interest in people. Like, he builds friendships. So it's like cool. That's awesome. That's really good. I re- I really like him um, as a point of representation. I just yeah. wish someone would outright say it. Just like, go and say, it. yeah, he's officially on this list. But uh, Ashley, you had someone that's not from a procedural cop show or no. from a teenager demographic kind <laughs> of show. Drama. Canada. I, Canada. A Canadian from, show. From Canada. <laughs> I don't know. Canadian. Canada. So, uh, obviously, I got really specific there, so obviously I'm talking about parenthood. Yes. Obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, Max Braverman, who is, um, if you've ever seen Parenthood, it's basically all about family and coming together. Um, it has two grandparents. To a set of grandparents that have four kids and then their grandkids. Um, and Max, in the earlier episodes, he had these, like, ticks. Like, I know at one point he was getting annoyed while taking a test with the sound of the aquarium in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So he, like, smashed the aquarium because it was bugging him while he was taking a test. And so they were concerned about him, so they took him to a doctor, and he was diagnosed with Asperger's. And it was kind of interesting seeing, over time, because the show went on for a pretty long, lengthy time, um, the same actor played him throughout the role. He started off at, like, the age of, like, 10 and ended up, like, 17, 18 years old at the end. Um, How his family personally, like, dealt with it. Like, you didn't just see, oh he's a kid with Asperger's you saw how his family worked hard to mm-hmm. get him to understand and cooperate like I know at the beginning he was very obsessed with pirates like he would not take off his pirate costume so like his dad didn't really understand at mm-hmm. first his Asperger's but like at the end of one of the episodes the dad puts on his own pirate costume and goes oh, outside and aww. plays with him so he feels connected um that's adorable yes um and I know at one point um he does something and like he gets kicked out of a school resulting from his autism so his parents actually set up a charter school for kids like him so like they can learn so they can learn there's a lot of work a lot of figuring out things but like they wanted him to be able to learn the way he needed to like and the school wasn't allowing him to do that so he was struggling it was inter- it was very nice it was a very good representation like mm-hmm. he was very like you got to see him like at, he wasn't always like he had his tics but like he also could seem normal like it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was always like 
straight autistic like that stereotype we always see he was a regular kid who was interested in regular things he was really into photography he liked doing things a certain way he really liked schedules like he got mad because he he told his dad that his dad was like well you can't watch tv if you don't finish dinner and he's like no you tell me i can have an hour of tv after dinner i get that hour no matter what it's a promise and he ended up still getting that hour even though he didn't eat but i'll fight for it (laughs) i'll fight for it too that's neat yay so we all mentioned pretty positive uh representations i would hate to kill this vibe but um are you all familiar with the show the big bang theory Yes. Yes. I know what you're about to say. (laughs) Bazinga. Um, Our our main character who likes to throw around uh, that um, catchphrase. Catchphrase. Bazinga. (laughs) Um, He is pretty characterized as being on the spectrum because he's such a savant. He's got a PhD. He's very, very smart. Um, doesn't pick up on social cues very no, well at, at all. all. <laughs> and that's that's the main joke of the series is that yeah. he's like, oh, I'm very clueless when it comes to social interaction yeah. mm-hmm. or saying like things appropriately. Like it's like he's sassy because he doesn't know what he's not allowed yeah. to say and that he doesn't understand rudeness kind of in that way. Um, and it's just kind of like a stereotype yeah. of yeah. those people. Um, but yeah. again, nothing has been officially said about him being on the spectrum correct it's all just speculation Mm -hmm. it will be interesting because i was reading earlier like a week or two back they're actually doing a spinoff show of him when he was younger so i don't know if maybe they're gonna play like explain maybe maybe he really is on the spectrum that'd be maybe he's not but like and he'll be like the guy who plays him now will be um jim parsons will be narrating that Hmm. show so we'll be so maybe they'll explain it in that that would be interesting yeah Yeah. i had it in my head as like jim parsons like going to high school as he is like a grown man (laughs) but he's just like i'm playing a young person i swear (laughs) but uh yeah the article i had us all read in anticipation of this Mm -hmm. uh podcast it was written by um someone on the spectrum and their opinion of Dr. Sheldon Cooper um, isn't isn't super stellar. It, yeah. They said specifically, which I really liked, uh, much like autism itself, autistic opinion on Big Bang Theory's favorite theoretical physicist exists on a spectrum. On one end, you have people who wear their Bazinga shirts with pride and claim Sheldon as one of their own, even though he has never been identified as such, and the creators have no interest in giving him an official diagnosis. On the other, you have people who think his over-the-top lack of social skills, problems with sarcasm, vanity, and rigidity are a cruel and reductive parody of people with Asperger's. Personally, I'm offended by the show's weak attempts to represent anything resembling humor. That's a burn. Oh, burn! (laughs) I'm there for that burn, personally. Yeah. But, um, I'm, if people, like, find him really funny and they really like him and they think that's positive representation all the more power to them yeah Yeah. it'd be nice if like producers and creators would come out and tell people like whether or not someone's on a spectrum like it's not a bad thing like representing those people is great but like if he's not autistic or on the spectrum then people are getting the wrong idea so like if he's not i 
feel like that should be made clear. Like, he's just not weird. He's just different, but not in that way. Yeah. 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 I That's my biggest thing is just I wish people would, like, own up to mm-hmm. their characters being created. Because even I think that's okay if, like, I never intended for this character to be this, but a lot of people have interpreted that. So, sure. If that's, mm-hmm. like, helping people I find a character to identify with, then, yeah, yeah why wouldn't you um, encourage that? Because, again, we've been saying it the whole time, representation matters, um, especially positive representation. Yeah. Um, but, unfortunately, that's not always there. Um, so, just, uh, Glee... I had a weird relationship with Glee for a long time. I watched Glee for a hot sec, and then I got tired of it. I can mm-hmm. say I've never watched it. I I saw previews. Does that count? Same. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, like, watched most of the second season. Yeah. And then I stopped. Yeah. Because I was over it. Was, I was so over it. There was at some point where the quality just dipped. But yeah. uh, Glee, for what it was, was really diverse for a while. Mm-hmm. Um because it was of what it was dealing with, you know, a glee club of a glee club. Of course, they had the gay character. Yeah. Of course, they had uh, the jock character that like gets roped into being in the glee club. It was kind of very like '90s teenage movie for a little while. Yeah. But it also had people of color. It also had a lot of like different on the spectrum kinds of gay people. It wasn't just the one gay guy yeah. Yeah. who was obsessed with musical theater. Oh, there were multiple. Yeah, there was multiple different kinds of representation in that sense. Um, but Glee also managed to somehow, while doing all this great representation, be super offensive. Yeah. In <laughs> so there's this girl, and she was supposed to be like kind of a villain at the time, named Sugar Mata. That is her name. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Yikes. so she, like, one of the first things she said when she, like, came on the scene was she said, I have self-diagnosed Asperger's, so I can say whatever I want. No. Uh, that's no. not how it works. No. Yeah, nope. Uh, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things, too. It's, like, when people, like the saying like I'm so OCD about this and it's like but you're not really but you're not really you're not you don't really. actually have OCD like you can't be like I I have such Asperger's about like my obsession with anime and it's like you wouldn't say that yeah, yeah. that's not no. natural to say so don't say that mm-hmm. yeah uh I feel like positive representation might help these problems yeah, yeah. maybe because I feel like it's also just something that a lot of people don't know about and don't want to spend the time researching. Like, um, I know that list you had sent out also had Brick from The Middle, which I yeah. watched The Middle for a while. And um, I think Brick is a solid rep- like solid character representing someone on the spectrum. Um, his little quirks and everything that he does that it's like, but his family still loves him and cares for him, and he's yeah. still able to do a lot of really cool things throughout the show. I watched, like, the first two and a half, three-ish seasons of The Middle. Um, I don't remember a lot of it, but I did really like the show. I thought it was really funny and really well done. I've caught up to, like, the newer season, and he's still, like, in that developing, like... Yeah. It's interesting. He still has his quirks, but he's gotten better at them. Yeah. He's starting to become more social. He started making friends in school yeah. instead of burying his nose in a book which was like his thing mm-hmm. so like he's getting out there more and doing different things he joined i think a club or two and so like that's awesome he's matured and started to like you know i guess 
not saying he was always like the stereotypical person we think of a spec of, of yeah. someone on the spectrum but like he's further breaking out of that stereotype and like mm-hmm. showing you know they can do other things they're yeah. not just that's not just them like he has other things he's interested in and i think a show like that or like parenthood where you have a kid growing up and trying to to fit in in a world that doesn't necessarily want them to fit in yeah um is really important um for those two shows for people who may not understand what it's like to to have a kid or to know someone who's on the spectrum or has Asperger's, like that, it's it's a complicated thing and it's not something that you can easily wrap your head around. So shows like that that have representation, one good thing, representing someone as they're growing up and dealing with it, also a really good thing. Yeah, I mean it kind of wraps around back to like children's television. Where do we mm-hmm. go to first learn about things? It's like when we're little, children's television, but I think it stays true throughout our life, yeah. is that we learn through media. We first become familiar with different issues through mm-hmm. how they're used in the storylines of our favorite TV shows. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to have so many different characters because our world is so diverse, but if our media doesn't represent that, then along the way, we're gonna be like, I am very ignorant about this and I have no idea how to react. And unfortunately, sometimes when you react out of ignorance, typically it's not a positive reaction. Yeah. Um, And people can get hurt. But I think we can learn to prevent that and we can, that's a preventative measure, but it also is like an afterwards thing. It's like, oh, I'm unfamiliar with this. Let me look into this and try Mm -hmm. to understand. And you first do that through, uh, I think, television, film, and now video games, especially. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's awesome. That's to hear that about Overwatch, like that's really yes. awesome. Yes, Overwatch, go Overwatch, forever go <laughs> mm-hmm. Overwatch. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, where would you guys like to see representation of people on the spectrum go further in the future? Because we have like a lot of examples on television, maybe, but it's not always as clear-cut as maybe it should be? I would love to see... There are a lot more examples on television than there are in film, I think. That's kind of how TV works in general. It's always been more ahead of the times than film. Yeah, so I'd love to see characters on the spectrum break into film and, again, not just have that be where that's their entire character. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want a character that's like, this is the autistic character, and that's the only thing notable about them. But it's like autism is something that they deal with. But they also have like all these other qualities that make them a well-rounded human being because that's what people with autism are like. They have a whole they're bunch. People. Yeah, they're people and have a whole bunch of qualities that make them who they are. And I think our characters need to reflect that. And I'd love to see that in film, in popular film, not yeah. like I mean the like indie films, low budget films, those those are always uh more ahead of the times as well yeah. than like mainstream Hollywood. But I mean Come on Hollywood. Come on, Hollywood, get on it. I'm waiting. I'd like to see maybe an autistic character in anime? Question Ooh. mark, question mark. Has there even I can't think of any. Yeah, I mean Japan has a very different relationship yeah. with like mental health. Yeah, and, that uh, is very true. And disabilities atypical. in general. Atypicality, atypical, Neur- ner- being neurally atypical, I think is the saying. I'm not 100% sure on that. <laughs> but yeah, so 
I would like to see that, definitely. What about you, Ashley? What would you um, like to see? I would like to see more fully developed, as Courtney with Sarah, Sarah, Sarah yeah. was You're saying. Good. One of them. We're um, all <laughs> Yeah, we're all here. Um, fully developed, you know, someone that people can actually relate to, not mm-hmm. like the stereotypes. I would actually, I can't really think of many that I've seen in cartoons. Like, we started talking about, like, children's television, but, like, I don't remember anyone being on the spectrum on, like, cartoons. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I Arthur, but... Arthur, yeah. but, like, more, That's, like... Yeah. Yeah, more. O- yeah. Like, old, a little bit animation. older. Like, most people probably stopped watching Arthur around... Nine, ten. Yeah. Yeah. I admit I'm weird from. That's okay. That's okay. I still. Years old. No, that's I still watch fine. cartoons on occasion. It's fine. Yeah, um, I watch Danny Phantom freaking all the time. Yes, like you're not a, like it's okay. It's not strange, but like when an autistic ghost in Danny Phantom. <laughs> yes, please. But when they we, reboot it, I want to. Can we just one? bring yeah. Danny Phantom back? Please. That'd be please. Great. <laughs> but like also seeing like Disney branch out to mm-hmm. an autistic character. I think it'd be interesting to have like maybe a Disney princess. Autistic on, Disney princess. Yes. Let's do spectrum. it. Yes. Let's do it. That would be awesome. Because anyone can be a princess, so why not show kids on the spectrum? You can be everyone. you yeah. can be royal like you can be a princess. It's and I feel not like wrong. The, the be Disney princesses the Disney princesses are like one of the biggest ways that Disney can make an impact because yeah. it's like that's their the court of Disney princesses. Yes. Like, yeah. that is a title yeah. to hold yes. that. Like, and so to add, like, more representation, because you have all the classic princesses yes. that are, like, all the same, and then mm-hmm. you get the Renaissance princesses who are a lot feistier, who stand up for themselves. Yeah. You get more representation with Pocahontas and Mulan and Tiana, um, and now Moana. Um, yes. So adding adding someone on the spectrum, that would be really freaking awesome. Especially yeah. because, like, now that when they have new princesses come in, they actually, at Disney World, have a coronation for them. Yep. So, like, yeah. for people to see, oh, look, she's actually fully being included. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I count some people as Disney princesses that are technically not Disney princesses. Yeah. There's a weird, there's a weird, there's like, three, three Depends three on how criteria. much money the movie makes. Yes. There's three criteria that... So, like, for them to see that, I think it'd be amazing. Like, even maybe Nickelodeon dabbling in it or Cartoon Mm -hmm. Network. Like, these main mainstream children's, like, television shows that almost every kid watches at least one of those in Mm -hmm. their lives. For them to see people, like, to get used to seeing people with on the spectrum so that when they go to school, it's not like, oh, that kid's weird or, like, stay away from that kid. Or for kids to be like, hey, they're like me. I yes. get this. I'm amazing, too. Yes. 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 Everyone remembers me. Yeah. So, gold star for television, I think I'm hearing, but always can do better. Mm-hmm. Um, TV, or not TV, but movies, film, video games. No star for you. No star for Step you. Step it no. up. Step it up. Come Let's on. Let's go. Now. You're getting called out. Now you have to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Please crank out one new character on the spectrum like yeah a year it's maybe not, a month a quarter something it's like not that. a yeah. tall order i don't i really don't yeah. think so but uh this has been a bubbling cauldron of the <laughs> coven podcast thank you guys for joining me yeah um yeah. i have been your host daily wilhelm the witch of the wavelengths joining me today was the sorceress of the sound waves sarah james courtney tuckman your resident degrassi expert Ashley Curry, who still does not have a nickname. But you'll get there. I'll get you'll there get eventually. There. We believe in you. Okay. It took yeah. me like four episodes to figure right. out mine. So. Yeah.
but it takes no figuring out that you can find all our content over at bitebsu.com. Um, we're on all social media under bitebsu. Um, you can check us out on our SoundCloud and our iTunes at Ball State Daily. Not spelled like my name, spelled like every day. <laughs> Definitely check us out. Uh, see what kind of content that we have. And thank you for joining us tonight.